0: The Orioles lost an absolute stinker in Seattle on Wednesday afternoon. But it may make them evaluate another question even further. And that is, do the O's have enough in the starting rotation right now? And if not, which reinforcements may be able to come up and help this team in the near future? I'll try to answer that question on today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, June 30th, 2022. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to start by recapping an Orioles loss as they drop Game 3 of the series to the Mariners 9-3 to three on Wednesday afternoon in Seattle and drop 2 out of 3 in the series after winning Game 1. I'll get you the 5 things you need to know from that one. Then, we'll take a look at the O's starting rotation, specifically at, well, who's going to come help this rotation at this point? Because there are definitely some holes in the five-man group the Orioles are putting out right now. So I'll look at guys who could return to this rotation at some point this year, and also some new names who could help this rotation as the O's try and stay afloat and stay playing the kind of baseball they have played in the month of June. That's all coming up on this episode. We'll get right to it in a second. But first, just got to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms Monday through Friday, five days a week, a new episode on Apple Pods, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you listen. And if you could leave a five-star rating and a review on those platforms, that really, really helps out the pod. Make sure to subscribe as well. And of course, if you're watching here on the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel, if you could hit that red subscribe button as well. That really, really helps us out here. Like, Comment on the videos. Let me know your thoughts about who could join this rotation right there in the comments section here on the YouTube page. But again, for all the listeners, all the viewers, thank you so much for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. And for your first listen today, let's start with Orioles and Mariners, game three of a three game series. As the Mariners beat the O's nine to three on Wednesday afternoon at T Mobile Park in Seattle, as the M's take two out of three from the O's in the series. With the loss, the Orioles fall to 35-42 and on the season. And they finish out the month of June with a 14-12 and record. Again, their first winning month since August of 2017. So, you know, it did end with back-to-back disappointing losses in Seattle. But overall, a great month of baseball for the Baltimore Orioles. But I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from Wednesday's 9-3 loss to the Mariners. And the first thing you need to know... Jonathan Ariuz, who I praised a little bit on Monday's episode after he had a nice opening weekend with the Orioles in Chicago, may have put together the worst single-game performance I've seen from any Oriole so far in the 2022 season. Maybe anyone outside of Chris Owings, probably. Jonathan Ariuz did that on Wednesday. Well, his day started by striking out with a runner at second and two down to end the top of the second in a 0-0 game. Then he proceeded to make back-to-back errors in the bottom of the second, which led to a three-run inning for the Mariners that gave them a 3-0 lead in the second inning. And is at the end of the day, went 0-4 with three strikeouts as so he got the start at third base on Wednesday. And the strikeouts came in key moments, including a couple of times with multiple base runners on to end innings. It was not a good day for him, and I think we all kind of assume that he's back to AAA once Ramon Urias returns from the injured list. We're hoping that's this weekend in Minnesota. Maybe it'll be early next week, but uh, after making a strong case for himself to stay and maybe for Richie Martin to go back down in his first couple of games, that was rough on Wednesday. I mean, the first error he made in the second inning wasn't terrible. It didn't advance a runner or anything. But the second error he made, I mean, it was first and second with one out. Slow grounder on a bunt, hit to third. He barehands it. There's no play at first. You just eat it, put it in your pocket. Bases loaded, one out. You try for the double play. Instead, he tries to chuck a ball to first. It's nowhere close to the bag or Trey Mancini. Goes into right field. Run comes around to score. Runners go to second and third with one out. And the inning just divulges from there as Seattle scores two more runs. And, you know, Seattle probably gets at least one run, even if he puts the ball in his pocket. But maybe you can hold him to one in the inning instead of three, and maybe the game changes a little bit. R.I.U. is just not a good day on Wednesday. Second thing you need to know in this one is that Austin Voth started for the Orioles once again, in what they've been kind of calling their quasi-bullpen game. And I think the Orioles wanted to get him stretched out a little more, but he was only able to last three innings in this game, And although, you know, at the end of the day, 3 runs score, he only goes three innings, you're thinking that is not what the Orioles needed. I think because the RU errors, and just how poorly that second inning went, I went, he had a scoreless first, he had a scoreless third. I think it was a little better than the stat line shows. I mean, it's three innings, three runs, one earned on four hits, two Ks and a walk both through 62 pitches, allowed four hard-hit balls in his three innings of work. He did get seven whiffs on 30 swings, including four whiffs on his four-seamer. Now, 30 swings on 62 pitches, that is a lot of swings. That means he was in the strike zone a whole lot, was probably throwing a lot of hittable pitches as well. But his curveball did its job, and the four-seamer was not too, too bad. You know, it was was 93 to 95 on the day. I still like Austin Voth. I think he's got a chance to stick with this team. I think they'd like to continue to stretch him out, maybe closer to four or five innings if he's going to start. But I think at the end of the day, the Orioles would like him in more of a bullpen role, and uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Third thing you need to know from this one is that this was the the welcome-to-the-major-leagues moment for Nick Vespi, who had this game just completely get away from him. Now, for Vespi, after both pitched three innings, he entered in the fourth inning, bottom of the fourth. The O's had gotten a run in the top of the fourth on a Ryan Mountcastle RBI double, and it was a 3-1 to game as Vespi entered, Nick Vespi recorded one out and allowed six runs on six hits with a home run, no Ks, and no walks. And it only took him 21 pitches to allow six runs and get one out. Now, to be fair to Vespi, he allowed six hits, but only three of them were on hard hit balls. There were a couple of kind of looping singles into left field. But his ERA shot up from sub 2 to 5.40 on the season. And Vespi hasn't pitched in too, too many high leverage spots Since he's been in the big leagues with the Orioles, and this was clearly not high leverage, it was 3-1 to in the 4th inning, but he's been good. He hasn't had any blow-up outings at all, but he's a rookie, and you're going to have a couple of blow-up outings, and this was the first one. Unfortunately, you know, you like when guys are able to contain it. Maybe it's, you know, one inning of work, you allow three runs. A third of an inning, six runs, you try to avoid that at all costs. That didn't happen for Vespi. It stinks. Hopefully, it, it doesn't hurt his confidence because I like his stuff. I like him as a middle reliever, and I don't think this means he'll get sent to AAA or anything. It's uh, it's just something that happens to rookie relievers, and it was unfortunate because it just put the game out of reach uh, with a six-run fourth inning there. But the fourth thing you need to know from this game is that, you know at least on the offensive end, Theo's... Had three runs. We mentioned the Mountcastle RBI double. Trey Mancini had a two-run double in the fifth. That was the Orioles' other two runs. But really, it was another great day for Cedric Mullins. Mullins went two for three with two singles, two walks, and a run scored. Now, he only had one hard-hit ball on the day, but he got on base in four out of his five plate appearances. And for Cedric Mullins now, he is really starting to heat up, especially in June. He finishes June with a 303 batting average. In the month. And in his final seven games of the month, he goes 11 for 29. That's a 379 average with five multi hit games in those final seven, including the two hits on Wednesday. Now, the power still is not there like we saw it in 2021. He is just not going to be a 30 home run guy again this season, but he's hitting for average. He's walking more. He's striking out less. And when he gets on base, he's continuing to steal bases. He could certainly get to 30 steals again. And he's looking like your, your kind of typical leadoff hitter that you like having there. And again, with a 303 average in the month of June, that's looking at least closer to the player we saw last year. And that can only bode well for the Orioles. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the O's 9-3 loss to the Mariners is that you know Wednesday's game may have been just a little bit of a wake-up call for the Orioles, just in terms of the starting pitching and the pitching situation in general. Because we knew the O's, you know, thought best case scenario, maybe they can get four innings out of Austin Voth on Wednesday. They got three. They've been getting around three as he's been starting. With Means injured, Grayrod injured, Bruce Zimmerman sent to AAA, you know, all the different things that have happened. They've had to make do with this starting rotation. Part of making do has been Austin Voth, the waiver claim. And the bullpen games have gone well. I mean, they've won the last couple of Austin Voth starts. They've won a couple of different bullpen games this year, in which... Brian Baker has started games as well. But what happened on Wednesday shows the flip side of that coin. All you need is one reliever to have a bad day. And your bullpen game, poof. It's gone. And that's what happened, we talked about with Nick Vespi Gets one out, allows six runs. Just had a terrible day. His worst in the big leagues. And it didn't even matter that the rest of the pen was lights out. Brian Baker, two and two-thirds scoreless. Dylan Tate, a scoreless eighth inning. Jorge Lopez strikes out the side in a scoreless, or excuse me, Tate, a seventh inning. Jorge Lopez strikes out the side just to get some work in, in a scoreless eighth inning. And, you know, I mean, Brian Baker was phenomenal getting eight outs, trying to keep the O's in the game. And those guys all did great. And if Nick Vespi, instead of giving up six runs and getting one out, would have simply threw a scoreless fourth inning, the O's are right in this game. You know, maybe it's 3-3 late in the game. But Vespi has the blow up, and it's going to happen from time to time. You hope it's not as bad as six runs and one out, but those blowups are going to happen from time to time. You, you can't keep relying on the bullpen game, even though the Orioles have had arguably a top five bullpen in baseball this year. You can't ask them to get that many outs every five days. And again, Voth, who was a starter for a long time with the Nationals, will be built up And they hope he'll probably go four innings next time and they can get him to at least being a five-inning guy, similar to what Spencer Watkins kind of is right now. But you can't be rolling out with two of your starting pitchers knowing that max you're going to get five innings from them. You know, that's Watkins and both right now. And even Tyler Wells. I mean, you can get six innings out of him, but you have another guy in Wells who your best starting pitcher, Tyler Wells, you're trying to limit his pitch count and his innings all year. So at some point, they're going to need some help. In this rotation. And I think Wednesday's game definitely showed a piece of that. But speaking of that help, the question then becomes with Means out and with Grayson Rodriguez out for a, a long amount of time, where is that help going to come from? Because the O's aren't going to trade for starters at the deadline. So who's going to come in and help the starting rotation? Well, I'm going to try to answer that question coming up here in just a second. But first, let's talk about. LinkedIn Jobs. You know LinkedIn. It's a place where so many people go to find jobs, but also to post their jobs. And as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 people million people. They've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedincom mlb. That's linkedincom MLB. to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the Orioles fall 9-3 to the Mariners on Wednesday and drop 2 out of 3 in the series in Seattle. And it probably opened their eyes up a little bit to the issue in the starting rotation. You can't be doing a bullpen game once every 5 days because if one reliever blows up like Vespi did on Wednesday, it all starts to snowball on you. And so the question becomes... Who is going to help this rotation? Because the O's cannot go through the rest of the season with these five guys pitching this little amount of innings. I mean, you basically have one guy who's really eating innings, and that's Jordan Lyles. Well, maybe you don't want to leave Dean Kramer out. He did throw seven scoreless on Tuesday night, but still. So the question is, who's going to come out? And so I wanted to start with the guys who have been on the big league team already, are not there right now, but could come back to help the Orioles. And and let's start with Bruce Zimmerman to try to answer this question of who's going to help. Because Bruce was sent down to AAA on June 16th. He had a string of horrendous starts. Even after his first seven starts of the year, he had, you know, an ERA just over two. He was the O's ace by far, the first seven starts. The six starts after that were a disaster, and he was sent to AAA. He felt like he was tipping his pitches, He tried to change his delivery slightly, his set position. It got out of whack, and it even got worse when he changed it over those last three starts before going down to AAA, basically to give him more time to work on those changes in obviously a much lower stress environment in AAA baseball. And well, the start didn't go great because his first inning in AAA, he allowed five runs. He allowed doubles to the first three batters he faced. But in that same game, after giving up the five runs, he got three outs, he came back out and he threw four consecutive scoreless innings after that. In his first appearance, it was five runs on seven hits and five innings with seven Ks and three walks. Then he made his second start. That came Tuesday night for AAA Norfolk, and it was better. Did not have the blow-up inning. He goes six innings, allowing just one run on three hits, struck out seven and walked three. The change-up command was there much better. He was getting more whiffs on that pitch. The strikeouts were good. And here's an interesting thing, because... For Bruce Zimmerman, in those six starts that were terrible, I believe he walked two guys in six starts. Like he wasn't walking anybody. Now he wasn't striking out anybody. You know, he was striking out no more than two guys per game, but he wasn't walking anyone either. He was almost just throwing too many pitches down the middle, too many strikes. He's had three walks in each of these appearances of five plus innings in AAA. It could almost be a good thing. You'd like to maybe get it down to two walks, but. They weren't you know, crazy, terrible walks. They were competitive walks where a guy worked a walk. And if he's pitching with command out of the strike zone, that's okay because a lot of his problems was he was too down the middle with a lot of his stuff, and it was getting crushed. He gave up 15 home runs over the span of six starts. Nobody does that. Not even Dylan Bundy or David Hess back in the day with the Orioles. Nobody has that many home runs allowed in that few of starts. So with Bruce looking better, chain jump was looking much better, watched a, you know a, a solid amount kind of here and there of that start on Tuesday night. The command of the pitches looked better. He looked more comfortable with that new kind of altered delivery and set position. I don't think it's next time. I'd say they give him one to maybe two more AAA starts. But if things keep going well, it sets him up to probably return after the All-Star break. And I think this is the easiest solution. Zimmerman was good, really good at the beginning of this year. He was solid when he wasn't injured last year. And, you know, he's been in the big league since the very end of 2020. He's a guy you can rely on once he's figured out this new set position and these new mechanics. They looked good in Norfolk Tuesday night. I think one to two more starts after the All-Star break. He comes up, replaces Austin Voth, and you're off and running again. Now, there's obviously other options, and there's other guys who are going to compete for that spot. And another guy is Matt Harvey, because we're getting closer and closer to Harvey being eligible to pitch in the big leagues again. Now, of course, the Orioles re-signed Matt Harvey to a minor league deal late in spring training, and we knew he wasn't going to be on the opening day roster, but then Major League Baseball finally handed out its suspension to Matt Harvey for the role that he played, and of course, the tragic death of Tyler Skaggs. Harvey got a 60-game suspension from Major League Baseball. The suspension was retroactive to April 29th, so he cannot pitch in either AAA or the big leagues until it's 60 games after April 29th. And roughly that time period is about Sunday or Monday. July 3rd or 4th is right around where that suspension will be up, and he can at least start pitching in AAA next Tuesday when the Tides start their next series. So he should be in AAA next week. Now, he made one start in Aberdeen. That was June 23rd, six scoreless innings with four strikeouts. And then he got moved up to Bowie, and he started in Bowie on Tuesday night. Five innings, five hits, three runs, but he did have nine Ks and no walks, did allow two long balls in that game. And he may start for Bowie on Sunday. And if he doesn't, he'll probably start for Norfolk, if the suspension stuff is all good, next Tuesday. And so at that point, you start getting him into AAA hitters. And as long as he's not getting mashed, and it doesn't look very bad... You know, two, three, maybe four AAA starts for Matt Harvey, and we're looking at Matt in the big leagues in late July. I mean, we know what he was last year for the Orioles: twenty-eight starts, a six-two-seven ERA, you know, threw about one hundred twenty-eight in, eight innings, about seven Ks, two and a half walks per nine. wasn't anything special. Had a really good July, but other than that, was was okay at best. I, I would say. He, he had his best stretch at the beginning of the season. April, he was he was solid, and he was he was good in July. Every time else last year, he was getting hit around. But there was a stretch where he was kind of giving him six innings, three or four runs, and you'd take that. You know, you would take that length. At the very least, similar to Jordan Lyles, Matt Harvey can give you length. He can pitch deep into a game once he's fully built up. And the fact that he's already pitching, you know, five and six innings in these two minor league starts is a really good sign. So if he gets, you know, maybe three starts in AAA and things look good, Late July, if you still need Matt Harvey, whether it's because Bruce Zimmerman is failing again in the big leagues, whether it's Spencer Watkins isn't pitching well, or the Voth thing isn't working out, or Dean Kramer's at a tough stretch, you get another injury, or whatever it may be, Matt Harvey could certainly be another guy, you know, after the All-Star break, who could come up and, and really help the Orioles in that time. Now, there's a few other names who are on this list. Obviously, Alexander Wells, when he's healthy, could be one of them. We saw him pitch out of the bullpen a little bit early this year. Obviously, got some time with the Orioles last year. Wells went down with a UCL injury that, at this point, is not going to require Tommy John surgery. They're just trying to rest it and rehab it. They said 8 to 12 weeks when he went on the IL right at the end of April. So I would say he maybe starts to rehab in early August at best. So, you know, he could be in the big leagues maybe by mid to late August at the earliest. I would say for Wells, it probably looks like a best case scenario. He's with the big league team throughout September maybe. So that's, that's you know, way down the road. And then you have some other guys in AAA. Denny Reyes, who, you know, three appearances, one start, seven two-thirds innings, two runs for the Orioles this year. But he's got a six nine one ERA in 27 AAA innings. Hasn't gone great down there. And you've got guys like Logan Allen, who we've seen a little bit in the bigs, Cody Sedlock, who we saw once in the bigs, and of course Mike Bauman, who's been mostly a reliever in the bigs this year but has been a starter in the past. Those guys are all options as well who have been with the team. But I would say certainly we'll see Bruce Zimmerman and certainly we'll see Matt Harvey. Hopefully right after the All-Star break, both of them can kind of ease things for this team. And maybe, you know, I think Harvey will need a little more time. But potentially, if Bruce Zimmerman has one more AAA start that's good, you know, it'll probably come this Sunday. We could see him in Baltimore next week to kind of fill that void in the fifth spot in the rotation and, and try and get things back. Because, you know, the rule of you have to spend 15 days in AAA when you're optioned as a pitcher, that time is up on Friday. So after Friday, he can come back up whenever. If he has one more good start, it could certainly be next week. But those were the guys who are the, you know, have already been here at least for a cup of coffee or for much more like Harvey and Zimmerman options. There's also options of guys who haven't been in the big leagues yet and could make their major league debut to try and help this Oreo starting pitching problem. And we'll get to which names those could be in just a second. But first, I wanted to talk about Sports Card Investor, one of our most exciting new sponsors. Welcome to the world of sports cards, reimagined. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. This is, if you're into baseball cards, this is the app to get because it's free, obviously. You can browse over 600,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week. Check the latest values of your favorite cards with 7-day charts, 30-day charts on the value. And here's my favorite part of the app. If you like to buy and sell cards, especially if you're looking for the best deal, you can find the best prices on the app, and you can buy directly through the app with their eBay deals feature. That's really the best part. It's, it's your one-stop shop for everything that a card collector needs. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by betonline.net, which is your number one source for your betting needs and sports info. Now, we are fully into baseball mode at this point, Major League Baseball, That is running the show with, of course, the Stanley Cup Finals having ended. So you can get all your MLB news, all your MLB lines, odds, injury news, league reviews, anything you need. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, and it includes live betting. It's got eSports. You can get live scores and more. You can also listen to podcasts. You can get news all season at BetOnline.net. And remember, it's not just Major League Baseball. All summer, MMA, Boxing and golf is going on every single weekend. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at betonline.net, where the game starts. So the Baltimore Orioles, they're going to be looking for starting pitching. And we talked about, you know, the best candidates like Bruce Zimmerman and Matt Harvey who are going to come up and help this team hopefully sooner rather than later. But there's also guys who have not been to the big leagues yet who could help the Orioles solve this starting pitching issue. And obviously, you have to start with the biggest name, who's healthy, and that is D.L. Hall, the Orioles' number two pitching prospect, who has now made 10 starts in AAA this season, but has not gone as well as the Orioles would have hoped. 10 starts for Hall in AAA this year, a 5.17 ERA, In 38 in the third innings, he's allowed 33 hits. Now, he struck out 59 batters, which is ridiculous. But he has walked 28 and allowed five home runs. So it's 13.9 Ks per nine. That is an elite number. But it's 6.6 walks per nine. That is not good at all from D.L. Hall. And especially his last three starts have been pretty rough. And his last start, which came on Sunday was his worst of the season. He went just three and a third innings, allowing seven runs on six hits with two strikeouts, five walks, and a home run allowed in that one at the AAA level. Now, we should see him pitch probably Friday or Saturday of this week to make his 11th AAA start. But here's the thing with Hall. The stuff looks good. The fastball's in the upper 90s. The slider is just destroying people with the break. And the changeup is is solid enough. And, and the stuff looks good. The command is not where you want it. And that's been the issue with D.L. Hall. You know, just how long it's taking him to get through these starts. He's still struggling to finish five innings. He's only pitched five full innings in one of his 10 AAA starts. Most of them have fallen, you know, four, four and a third, four and two thirds. Only finished five innings one time. That was his longest start back in early June. So that's another issue because you're trying to fix this problem with somebody who can pitch deeper into the games, and that's not going to be... Hall's role. Now, could you call up DL Hall right now and you piggyback him with Austin Voth? Three innings from Voth, three innings from Hall, back end of a really good Orioles bullpen. Totally, totally could do that right now. But I feel like the reason that hasn't been done by Michael Elias and the Orioles is you want the command to look a little better than 6.6 walks per nine. The stuff is there, 14 Ks per nine. It's awesome. When he strikes out, guys, Honestly, I think when D.L. Hall is on and striking guys out, he might be more fun to watch than Grayson Rodriguez. But the walks come in, the command issues come in at times, and it can be a tough watch. Because you see how good the stuff is, just get it a little closer to the strike zone, and you dominate. And when he is near the strike zone in the strike zone, he does dominate. It's just that issue has become more and more of an issue his last few starts. If he can string together, even if they're five innings, if he can string together two starts where the walks go down, strikeouts are there, and the stuff looks good. We could see him after the All-Star break at some point. But if the starts look more like this, where, yeah, he's striking guys out, but he's also walking guys, and the pitch count is near 100 you know, in the fourth or fifth inning, you know, they're not going to call him up to be a starter. And I could totally see a situation where the Orioles call up Hall to be you know, a multi-inning reliever for the rest of this year, just to take some pressure off him, get him in the big leagues, get that stuff playing. That might be the best thing to do. And then you get to the offseason, you say, all right, you are still a starter to us. Let's work on that command in the offseason. Come to big league camp next year competing for a starting rotation role and go from there. I would totally do that. But again, that doesn't do a great job of solving the starting rotation problem. So other than D.L. Hall, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, if he does pitch in the big leagues this year, it's going to be September because of the injury. So he's kind of off the table for now. Chris Vallemont is maybe an option. O's claimed him off waivers from Minnesota about a month or so back. Dominated Double A with the Orioles when they put him there. 13 innings, one run, 18 Ks, four walks after he was walking everybody in the twin system. Then he came to AAA, made his first A start on Saturday. Four innings, six runs, nine hits, four Ks, a walk, a hit batter, and a home run. You'd like to see, you know, a handful of starts go better than that in AAA before you call up Valmont to the big leagues because he had never pitched above A in the twin system for the Orioles' claims So that was his A debut on Saturday. But he's got, you know, really devastating stuff. Good fastball, great breaking ball, you know, drops off the table. But the command has been a real issue for him in his career. It was good in Bowie. It was still not bad in Norfolk. He just got hit. But he could certainly be an option moving forward. And then you got guys like Kevin Smith, who, you know, got dfa 8 off the 40-man this year because of early struggles. He's kind of pulled it together a little bit. You know, he's got a four six two ERA in 39 innings. You've got Blaine Knight, who could eat some innings for you, but it's been rough for Blaine in AAA this year. 44 innings and a 6.70 ERA for the Orioles' former third-round pick in 2018, the right-hander Blaine Knight. So there are some options, but I do think, at the end of the day, it's Bruce Zimmerman, hopefully soon, and then Matt Harvey, And you can at least have two guys in Bruce and in Harvey who have shown they can eat innings. They can pitch deep into games as well. And that could really, really help out this rotation. Because even if you lose a couple of those games where they pitch six or seven innings, it could help down the road to win more close games if the bullpen is even more rested. Because the Orioles' bullpen, they've pitched more innings than any other bullpen in baseball. And they've still been a top five bullpen. When you pitch that many innings, at some point, some guys are going to slip. And the O's are going to need guys like Harvey and Zimmerman to be there to help eat some innings along with Jordan Lyles when the bullpen inevitably starts to slip a little bit. Because even though all these guys have been great out of the pen, not many of them, if any of them, are proven at all over full seasons or you know multiple seasons as relievers. So things aren't going to be as good. They're going to need some help from the starters. And that's kind of your list of who could come and bring some help to the Orioles. But that'll do it for today's episode we will be back of course tomorrow for one more episode a friday pod until then make sure to go check out locked on mlb prospects here on the locked on podcast network because the draft is coming up in a couple of weeks and of course we thank you for making locked on orioles your first listen every day now make your second listen locked on mlb prospects host lindsey crosby is a prospect encyclopedia he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow and the upcoming MLB draft where the Orioles have the number one pick. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And after you listen to that, make sure to join us back here tomorrow for a Friday episode of Locked On Orioles as we will preview the upcoming weekend series between the Orioles and the Twins and get you all the O's, news, and notes that you need here on the pod. That's coming up tomorrow. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team?